Okay, we are we are live. Um, uh, I had a song this week, and I don't remember what it was. How about that one? You slipping? Uh, you slipping? I, I'm, I'm slipping just a little bit. Oh, ooh, ooh, ooh. oh shit! Okay, I have a blast. I have a blast from the past. I have a blast from the past, and I'm gonna embarrass myself for a moment. Oh god! Okay. Um, way back in our younger ratchet years, there was a song. Um, mm-hmm. b- well before we had the City Girls, around the time of Adina Howard and all of the girls that were sex positive, there oh, was sure. one provocative, one provocative, excuse me, song that we had, and it was called "When I Put Your Hand Up on Your Hit." When I just we did, we did. We did. Uh, uh. <laughs> okay, song everything. It was oh, we sure. were young. It was young, ratchet, more simple times. More oh simple times. <laughs> yes. Some random um, songs of yesteryear. That's crazy. <laughs> Welcome to um, Scolding 203. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Bitch, You Tried It 105. Yes. And, stay Your Ass in the House 304. And Board in the House Board 505. <laughs> um, <laughs> Welcome to another installment of WRH Podcast. And it's a question that the two of us ask every week. And it's real simple. It says, who raised you? Who raised you, hoes? Like, literally, y'all are in the house and y'all are just bored. But before before we get into anything, we've had a lot of guests in our time. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think... This feat, this guest, I'm a, I'm most honored. I'm always honored when we have guests, but I think I'm the most honored, and I'm withholding my inner fan girl um, <laughs> from coming out and screaming. Um, yes. I, normally, I allow my guests to introduce themselves, but I think I want to do this one. Okay. Oh, you taking the wheel this episode? Okay. I, I am. I am. It's about that time. Um, I remember when I first heard. Us Terry, and it was. I remember it was a show that I used to binge all the time, and oh God, I, still, I, I still binge it to this day. Say and it. Lord, I love No Shade. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> and my love deepened so much with Love at First Night. Oh yes, my gosh. God. I literally, literally have admired the journey of this creative for a while, and I'm so glad that he's here. Yay! Yes. (laughs) That is amazing. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and those that don't have genders, please welcome one half of the creative team of Slate TV, Terry! Yes, Terry! No, thank you so much for that. Like that, that really warms my heart. Um, you know, as a creative, it's a lot of hard work. It's a lot of work that goes into it. So to hear the feedback and you know how it's impacted you, it it it's the biggest gift you can give a creative is letting someone know how their work impacted you. So thank you for that, and thank you for having me. Um, Cause you know I want to shoot the shit. So. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Jesus. Um, even in quarantine, we have continued. And normally, Marlon and I record here in Jersey, but mm-hmm. thanks to this all going on, we've been right. remote for like the past two weeks now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, Miss yeah, so. Rona, if you're nasty, fuck that hoe. But anyway, uh, yeah. So listen, uh, <laughs> and she. Uh, she ain't even nasty. That's the thing. It's people that are disgusting. You know. No, she nasty because she ain't right. Because if she wasn't here, we wouldn't be going through all this. But that's a different but story for another she, time. She's she's exposing the girls. She's exposing them. Yeah. Ooh. That she you know is, what I mean? Because yeah. I'm seeing people on my timeline. I'm like, oh, that's how you get down? Okay. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because it's just kind of like, this is a community thing now. Now we have to look out for each other, do our part. You know, if you're right. an essential worker, shout out to you going to work. But also, yes. if you need to stay home, stay home. Like, all that stuff that you're trying to do right now, it'll be there when it's all over. Like, right. I don't get it. But, you know, here we are. First and yeah. foremost, before we go any further, 
to all essential workers. I'm not yes. just talking hospitals, docs. I'm talking hospitals. I'm talking policemen. I'm talking firefighters. Mm. I'm talking grocery store workers. Yes. Thank yes. you. I'm speaking Thank to you. all of you guys. Thank you for dealing with Thank our you. shit. Okay. Especially the people, especially the staff at hospitals because mm-hmm. they yes. deal with it front line. They have no protection, and it's so hard, especially seeing, like, I don't know if you guys saw it, some of the videos and the pictures of some of the hospital workers that can't yeah. directly touch their children right now. Mm. They can't be near them. Like, one guy, his son was running up to hug him because he had just came in from work, and he mm. had to stop him and tell him no, and he started crying when he had to tell him no. Uh, and it's just... That's it's, heartbreaking. It's poor mm-hmm. at my heart. I'm like, my God. Can y'all please stay home? Please, Seriously. can y'all stay home? Seriously. Because that is sad to watch. Mm-hmm. It was so sad. Yeah, I think I um I have to do a little bit more research on it, but I was scrolling through the timeline earlier today and saw that, uh, I guess, for the first time since the pandemic started, that there's been a decline in the positive cases so far. So I'm going to double check, but I'm hoping that's true. Um, also, that's a step in the right direction. Yeah. Also, I'm kind of it's kind of weird that you said that because I saw on the news that the peak is supposed to be this week, so it's going to be an influx coming real soon. Mm. Is that because of the testing? I like think the, so, but it's mm. even to get the test, you have to. It's a it's a pre qualification to even get the test out. Right. You have to be it, like dying. Damn near dying yeah. or have some type of symptoms. Like you have to be sick. I think more than like three or four days to even mm. get the test or have symptoms. So, yeah. just when you all thought, just when you all thought that y'all had a seat, y'all sat down something that reclined, <laughs> um, y'all done TikTok me to death, mm. y'all have don't rush me to death, y'all have Listen. savaged me to death, y'all would have <laughs> thought this would have been done. But mm. no. Y'all still find ways to get on my nerve. <laughs> All types of ways. Every which way. Back weights and valleys. Peaks, valley lows, and all of that good stuff. Mm. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> it is time for segment one. It is time for a scroll on. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. I would love a week where I was not right with y'all acting up. I, I promise I wish I was right, but I was wrong. But here we are. First things first, let's start on a positive note. Um, it was reported via the shade room. Omariana's donating care packages to overlooked social, um, excuse me, essential workers, such as grocery store clinics, mm-hmm. postal workers, and janitors, excuse me, in the community. Um, which I think is bomb because he's going to the actual people that are forced to still keep going. Um, yeah. Of course, I love the fact that he's not saying it. It's coming from other outside sources. Um, That's cool. So, in the sense, um, let's see, what else do we have here before we get into the shenanigans? Because it's mainly three things that are considered shenanigans this week. <laughs> always Praise <something>. the Lord. <laughs> so, always. Um, also, Los Angeles mayor, this is what I saw as I was getting ready, and I chuckled. I did. Um, it says Los Angeles mayor is offering rewards for snitching on businesses violate, um, violating the city stay at home order. Mm. Now, also, yes, also I saw in Fulton County down in Georgia, which is like one of the cities that borders Atlanta, or they would consider Atlanta, um, that they now have basically it's penalties if you do not adhere to the stay in this shelter in place order. It's either what is it? A thousand dollar fine or a year in prison. It ain't worth Ooh. it. It ain't yeah. worth it. Now, is that for like? Does that go along with? Do they have like a certain curfew? Is there a cutoff time for people to be like outside, or is this just like if you get caught outside? Period. Most. To my knowledge, my friends that are in Atlanta told me I think Georgia right now you have to be indoors by like seven is their curfew. Okay. Yeah, seven is their curfew okay. down there. Um, but it's like because of so many counties that border the actual city of Atlanta, it most of them are just like a city. It's real mm-hmm. difficult to call it mm-hmm. type situation. Mm-hmm. It would have to be a unison type situation for all of them to do it. Um, just like it would take a unison between De Blasio and Cuomo 
to shelter in place in city, but that's never going to happen. <laughs> no, apparently not. I just don't understand why it's so hard to like come to a general consensus about like everybody <laughs> especially with us being so close like it makes no sense to me how we can't just be like yo this is what we need to do and we should both agree because this will help us all because we are like right up under each other to just right. make one solid rule and then mm-hmm. we won't have so many issues because so many of us like because I work most of us work in the city if we don't live in the city Same. like mm-hmm. being over here in Jersey um, and then hearing about like there are more cases in Jersey than there are people that have actually been tested is ridiculous to me. Like, and then you got the people that are here and we work in the city. So if you're an essential worker and let's say, for instance, you have been infected and you still going to work and you don't know, like a curfew would probably like combat that. That doesn't make sense to me. I don't understand why it's so hard. I mean, the thing that confuses me is that this is not the first time we've been through a pandemic. And so, because I did my own little research, and I'm like, you know, back in 1918, when they Mm -hmm. had the Spanish flu and all that type of stuff. It's like, had no one documented and set some procedures in place to kind of like, you know, for the next time it happens, Mm -hmm. because scientifically, it's something that happens, you would think Mm -hmm. we would be a little more prepared, you know, Mm -hmm. in 2020 versus 1918 <laughs> and so i'm just i'm scratching my head like looking at the government like are y'all serious right now um yeah it's just mm-hmm. it's a weird thing so it's, it's stuff happening on a community level that we're not doing and then there's stuff in the government that's on their side where they should have like did their part but it's a mess it's just a mess and that's yeah. what earth gives so yeah, it's fucking Pee-wee's Playhouse over there in the White House, and I just can't take it. I just can't mm-hmm. right now. <laughs> they wear me out. But. Listen, apparently, you know it's bad when you have your sitting president talk with some. He wants the country back up and running by Easter. Uh, but you, you're not taking the severity of the situation. Honestly, at this point, the situation would easily be resolved if he just admits that he fucked up. Right. Right. And Good luck. You, it's, it's really two factors of how he fucked up. One, you thought it was a joke when you sent our supplies to China back in January. Mm-hmm. Then there was a whole cabinet in place because while we had President Obama, we had Ebola. He had mm-hmm. a pandemic specialist. He had a whole team for it. Guess who disassembled it? Hmm. <sighs> that's what's wild to me like i feel like certain things should shouldn't be touched by any sitting president like yes. these are things that are necessary so why are you giving him the choice to dismantle it or not it's like you trying to set us up it, i don't look it's just it's crazy it's crazy and mind you i usually avoid political things just for my mm-hmm. own sanity um same but it's just like now I'm like I gotta I gotta I gotta watch I gotta get involved I gotta like be on top of these things because you got people making decisions on our behalf and it, it ain't looking so good you know what I mean? It's really not, and you uh, it's so much wrong right now. It's <laughs> right. So funny. So um, let's first touch over the pettiness that is reality television. Um, as we deal with Housewives drama, we deal with backpedal. Um, apparently, there was supposed to be a live, I think it actually happened, between Nene Leakes and Kim Zosiak Berman. But I recall oh two years ago, the t- Nene was ready to physically assault her mm. on the show. And I'm just, mm. it, like I said, it's, it's petty reality show drama. And I'm like, uh, uh, whatever, girl. All right. You just proved everyone right. You're too wishy-washy. And I'm the Gemini here, and you're too wishy-washy for me, and I can't. (laughs) (laughs) Way too wishy-washy. So, um, I had, these are the last two that I have to swipe, uh, to scroll on, and then we can get to the questions that we have. Um, so I'm gonna allow Terry the actual option to choose my next topic. Okay. Um, you have knife fight 
or he told nigga shit. Okay, so repeat that for me again. You said knife fight? Knife fight. Knife fight. Uh huh. He told nigga shit. I like the second option. Let's go with that. Okay. So, um, recently it was revealed on Waka and Tammy that Waka Swaka believes his cheating on Tammy made her stronger and meaner at the same (sighs) time. Oh my god. (laughs) I gave y'all the option. Mm. I regret it. I regret my choice. (laughs) (laughs) They recently had, of course, as you guys don't know, they have a show on we called um, The Walkers, which is I think Meet the Flockers or The Walkers, whatever they have you. And they actually mm. go in front of a space, uh, relationship specialist and they have the conversation of infidelity and he feels as if the infidelity made Tammy stronger. In and what sense? It, 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 like, and she said, and what she said, I'm like, I love when she says these things and she's like, how does that make me stronger? It hurt me it put us in a bad space but you're feeling as if it made me stronger that sounds like it made you strong enough to continue to deal with my shit while you're here like i don't understand this whole concept behind feeling like the ability to take it on the chin equates with being strong like you further traumatizing me does not make me stronger at all. <laughs> not, and I recall at a point in time for like almost a year, probably two, he wasn't even staying in the same house as her after that whole infidelity okay. situation. Like wow. she wouldn't let him back in. I that I remember from watching Love and Hip Hop Atlanta. Like it was serious. Like she was not playing with the bullshit. <laughs> so he he sounds like a whole narcissist. Like, you know, how you do is, something to me and then tell me it's for my benefit, for my growth and strength, like, that's wild. That, that's wild. Then you it's can't, crazy. Like, and, you, can't, you can expect only but so much from somebody that's friends with T.I. Uh, <laughs> well, then there's that. Yeah. <sighs> well, we chose Knife Fight for last, so let's get into what happened today. Yeah. Um, this this is so disheartening to talk about because I oh, really shit. can care less about this, but it just it I mean when we ask this question every week, this is a prime example of why we ask this question. Um Yaga Mayweather was arrested for allegedly stabbing one of NBA Young Boy's baby mamas. What? Oh, boy. Okay, first of all, okay. <laughs> I, I know I'm just about to show how out of the loop I am for Yaya Mayweather. Yes, aka Floyd Mayweather's daughter. Oh my, okay, I was so hoping he got a grown daughter. Oh wow. Yes, he has a grown daughter. So this is coming from TNZ. Yaya was arrested at 1.30 a.m. Saturday, felony aggravated assault with a deadly weapon. Police, uh, police sources told the site that the alleged victim was identified as, ooh, child, LaPetra mm. LaShai Jacobs. Mm. Oh was at young, mm-hmm, with that NBA mm-hmm. young boy's home in Houston when Yaya walked in, and Yaya reportedly told the other woman that she was his fiance and that she needed to leave. Eventually, the <laughs> two got into an argument that moved to the kitchen, and Yaya allegedly ended up with two knives. Wow. <sighs> um. Okay. So, real quick, what was old girl's name again? The, oh, the the baby mama. Yes. Lapetra? Lapetra? Lachey Jacobs. That name is telling a story. (laughs) That name is telling a story, and I want to know it. But okay, go ahead. Oh my gosh, she sounds like a voiceover actor for Baby's Kids. I can't take it. I promise you. I just, at this point, I want to know what is in the ping. I need to know to protect myself because <laughs> demon dick is real. I need mean, everyone to understand demon dick is real. No, it is. You doing some real fuck shit for some demon mm-hmm. dick, and this boy has all these girls claiming him and loving him, and he's really not shit. I need to understand 
Mm. What the fuck? Like, you, your father is a multi-millionaire. What are you doing stabbing <laughs> this man's children's mother? Because she's in his house. Mm. Mm. Wow. I just, I have no words for it. I honestly don't. I, I'm just going to repeat what I retweeted. Um... Why was she outside? We supposed to be indoors. Like, what are you doing? This is what I'm talking about. Like, priorities, people. The fuck? Like, girl, we like, in quarantine. And you worry about what he doing with his baby mama. I don't understand. <laughs> not to mention, he was outside in handcuffs. They did not show Yaya. I think we actually had the video of him leaving the property, his own home. And then he jumped on live about everyone on his case. So, so my wife, my wife. And then... First of all, at one point, you wouldn't even claim her. That I remember, because I'm like, I really don't give a shit about this, but I do, unfortunately, see it on my feed. Mm-hmm. Then she jumps on camera with him, just sitting there being quiet with this, Lord Jesus, I know that beauticians are not working right now. I know this. <laughs> but then you make far too much money, ma'am, or have too far too much money for that lace to look the way that it did. You just throw it away. Oh. Put it in the trash. <gasps> throw it away. Hang it something. up. I can't. Hang it up. I can't. I, it, it just, it, it, it just, it just, it, it bothered me. <laughs> <laughs> I should not see Damn. you. The thing about a lace front wig, I should not see your lace. Ma'am, I see Listen. the lace. You have on a you have on a lilac wig. I can see your li- how can I and see your lace, was- man? How can I see Baby, your lace? Why I was- do I see your lace? Your daddy got a jet. Why can I see your lace? Why? <laughs> you with Why? a whole rapper. Why do I see your lace? Would y'all say that's a certain kind of privilege that she can get away with that? Because of her father's celebrity. I mean, I mean, he probably has a barber that lives in the house. I mean, you have a, you probably have a barber that lives in the house. You can have a wigologist. You're right. Come and give you an emergency wig real quick. They already made it. You have to drop it off on the mannequin. Like, what's the problem? But you know, but you know how people have that stuff and they're so used to it, so they they take it for granted. So for her, Mm -hmm. it's just like. I'm just gonna slap this wig on and go see what's going on at this boy house. Paint it. Like, you know. I no mean, head wrap, no know. nothing. <laughs> uh, clearly it is to be paid because she showed up during quarantine. She was not playing with well sure at all. She sure at did. All. She don't care. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and those without gender, please understand demon dick is a thing. It is real. It will have you on some fun shit. Okay? It will have Listen. you literally looking for that man with that dick in the daytime with a flashlight on. Don't do it. See? Slap and it on the well, shirt and call it merch, child. And just a, just a shameless plug, um, my podcast that's coming out today actually speaks on protecting your spiritual energy with sex. Yeah. You know, yeah. with wearing your spiritual condom out here because... There's some energetic shit people passing on. Got you out here going through quarantine, stabbing people up. That's real, like you said. So we align. Mm-hmm. We align. Sage, get you some sage. <laughs> yeah, for real. Sage, get your chakras in order, girl. Do something. Because mm-hmm. get Everything. him away from the earth thing. Everything <laughs> <laughs> so, that is all I have to scroll on, but I do think we had a few questions for you. Yeah. Yes, indeed. So we're going to jump into it. Um, we're going to do this in two parts, Terry, because I know that both Lonnie and I are super, super, super fans of your work. So it would, Thank uh, you. would be remiss if we did not like kind of dig into your brain a little bit about your creative process sure and thing. the works that you've put out. And then we want to get into some self-care stuff because you are really deep into the self-care, self-care goals. Yes. We want to pick your brain for like <laughs> these times because we definitely all need it. Um, so my first question for you is when did you get your start in creative writing and production uh okay um because now we're talking about a decade ago so <laughs> damn <I'm old. laughs> Ooh. all right so um, I met, you, oh, thank you i like that um 
I've always been a creative my whole life, but I would say back in 2010 when I had met this man named Sean, um, Mm -hmm. we had like, you know, got together. We were in this Mm -hmm. relationship and naturally we just started sharing our creative pursuits. At the time he wanted to be a DJ for me. I was doing photography. Somehow we landed on film, I think because he went to college for it. And I've always had an interest in being in front of the camera. And so... Mm That's how the process kind of started. We uh, started shooting skits with a friend of mine, um, Goons versus Gays, and yes. that kind of just that pushed us in the direction of like, oh, we like this. This energy feels good. Like you know, we're entertaining. I'm getting to like flex my creative muscles. So Sean decided he wanted to do his own web series, um, No Shade, and we learned a lot through that yes. process. You know, God. the good, the bad, ugly, the all angles of it and you know i guess we kind of unconsciously decided like this is what you know we want to do and i've just been playing around with everything i started off with the acting um Mm -hmm. and i'm like oh writing is pretty cool and i could build my own story and whatever and then i took my hand at love at first night and it's just been ongoing from there like now i'm looking at directing and you know how to make a short film and stuff like that so it's been growing since we started. Can I That's please have a sidebar before you go into the next question, Marlon? Go Can for I it. please say thank you? Oh, thank, thank you, you for speaking about the things that people did not want to talk about on film. Like, <laughs> if you guys did yes. not ever watch No Shade, and correct me if I'm wrong because I'm going a little mm. further back in the time capsule. Yeah, yeah. so. mm. um, on No Shade, you had a character named Eric. Correct. And nobody knew. Nobody. Mm. Mm-hmm. That Eric used to use T. Yes. Yes. And, yeah. and it explains so much about that character. Like, mm-hmm. literally, especially in that last season, it explains so much. And I'm like, oh, girl, we going here. <laughs> Listen, thank you for that because I know Sean was very adamant about having that in the story. Um, and I think it was so brilliant the way that he revealed that towards the end. Unfortunately, we didn't get to continue. And mm-hmm. can you imagine it's been seven years and we don't see that on mainstream TV? Still, fucking crazy, right? Yeah. It's so, really crazy. I, I appreciate what you said because that's what's important to us. Like, let's talk about the shit that that's really happening that matters, and you know, have some type of social commentary on it because we wait on them to do it. <laughs> we got another ten, fifteen years before exactly. it becomes revolutionary for them to say on mainstream. Yes, yeah, that and sp- that and speaking about trans as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the- oh Jesus, I could be here fangirling for a moment. Marlon, next question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I totally get it. I mean, because for me, um, before I go into my next question, I know for me, I growing up in Chicago, I was in ballroom for like thirteen years, mm-hmm. and just to see my peers in a totally different light and using the creativity that we use on a ballroom floor and yes. film and creating content, it was just. I was blown away. I was addicted. I was like off my rocker about No Shade. It was just fucking amazing. So yes, a million times, thank you for mm. all the content you put out because it's just, it's truly amazing. You're freaking dope. Appreciate um, it. Thank you. No problem. No problem. Mm-hmm. And that takes me into my next question. That's a great mm-hmm. segue. So yeah. what was the inspiration behind both No Shade and Love at First Night? Cool. All right. Um. So I could actually give both sides of the story. Now, no Shade was created by Sean, um, who, yes, shout out to him. Yes, shout out to him. He is brilliant. Uh, none of this would have been possible without him. You know, and that's not for me to, like, give away my contribution to the to the, everything that's happened. Sean has just always been the person that when he has a vision, he fucking goes for it. And it's just yeah. like, either you gonna move with him or get, get out of the way. <laughs> and I, I appreciate that. I, I really, really do appreciate that. We no longer romantically together. Um, mm-hmm. We separated back in 2017, but we still work together as a business um, and we're friends and I respect them. So I just wanted to throw that in there because I know he's looking for it too. Anyway, No Shade. Um, <laughs> that's just a joke. Um, no Shade one day we were... Um, he had decided he wanted to make a show and he always talked about this show he wanted to create with like people from ballroom and he wanted to show like 
just the world that it is because it's such a different world and i think people are mm-hmm. getting that now through polls and people who watch no shade who wasn't privy to you know ballroom i wasn't at the time either to be honest with you like no shade was my introduction to ballroom so get out yeah and see the thing is a lot of people thought that i was in a house or that i've been and i'm like no like i am just a humble observer because i respect the the scene i respect like everybody that's in there like bogan is athletic as fuck like that should be Mm -hmm. a national sport yes that's how i feel about it but anyway he really wanted to showcase that and eventually it just kind of grew into what it is today um love it first night happened a year or two after we wrapped up um no shade unfortunately we could not make a second season and we just kind of like went off and did regular life stuff you know i got a job mm-hmm. he got a job we got our first apartment we got married all that type of stuff but then i'm just like i miss filming and i, I want to film something and i'm tired of people keep asking me like when is no shade coming back because i, I really didn't have an answer but i'm like i'm gonna make this people. show <laughs> because, listen it, it started to become so repetitive for me like robotics like talk to sean <laughs> talk to sean he gotta write it like you know what i mean like he has to write that's his baby and i'm like in the meantime i'm antsy like i want to get back in front of the camera so I was at work. I used to work for New York City Transit. Um, that's a whole other story. And I worked <laughs> overnight. And I it was boring. It was like there was no customers. So I'm sitting in a box for eight hours. So I just started writing. And that's how that happened. I, I wanted to do something based around relationships because I love Martin. Like one of my favorite shows of all time. And... <laughs> I love how they built the world around their relationship and their ups and downs and stuff. And I was in my fifth year of my relationship, so I wanted to highlight some of the things that we go through as well. But then it turned out to be a drama and all types of other stuff going on. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much how Love at First Night came about, too. And that's freaking dope because Love at First Night, I was like... First of all, I was super amped because No Shade in its absence, like to have something else come out of you guys' vault was just like, mm-hmm. okay, so now we got this whole new story, this yes. whole new layout um, that's separate from No Shade, but it still mm-hmm. has that same energy in the sense that you guys were telling our stories. You yes. know what I mean? Like yeah. things yes. that were that are not being discussed on mainstream, like all of the stuff that we hear people complain about all the time. Oh, we need more diversity. We want to see, you know, um, more of us on mainstream. And I'm like, yo, y'all missing out because it's literally mm-hmm. right here. Mm-hmm. And it was so relatable, like to be able to watch this show and be like yo i've been through that or i have a friend that's like that or like all this stuff i got so super invested and it was just so cool (laughs) to see it all played out so thank you thank you yes so um i'm gonna go into my last question as far as your creative realm is concerned Mm -hmm. what would you say is the most difficult part about creating content Hmm. good one all right, so I just wrapped up my the third and last season of Love at First Night. So I would say I went through. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> um, <laughs> I would say I went through three cycles of production, and then also on the side, I do produce like one-off things for no, uh, not no shape, but Slay TV. Uh, whether that be interviews or yeah, basically interviews or short docs, and so. The hardest, what I can say about the hardest part is getting started. Um, Say that again. It's getting started. That's the hardest part. It's like the idea comes and then it's like, depending on how much effort it's going to take to create it and responsibility, it's like, ooh, I don't know. Um, But it's that that decision between getting the idea and actually executing it. Um, All the other stuff, it kind of comes with it. Like, you know, the days where you don't have much to write or you don't have the energy, but you still push through anyway, or, you know, a scheduling conflict or someone might drop out, have to recast. That's part of the process. Like that just happens. Mm -hmm. But to me, it's not hard. It's just, it just, it is what it is, but definitely. Yeah. Starting everything else to me is just whatever. 
Got you. I can totally relate. Um, being a creative on a different realm myself, like as I'm a writer, trying yes. to get started, getting started and the discipline to continue is yes. what's been like the most difficult for me. Yes. Like, uh, like you said, you have these ideas and they're like, they're great and, and they're mm-hmm. limitless in the potential, but like you can't get it off the ground if you don't like put your feet to the ground and start yes. walking in that direction. Absolutely. You know, so that's really um, awesome, like advice and kind of like it, it makes it really like relatable and real, especially mm-hmm. to see your success in the works that you guys have put out and like seeing that and knowing that we all as creatives go through that same process. It's oh, like, yeah. What do I do? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, I, I got these great ideas the stuff that I want to do. But how do I get it up off the ground? You know, and, and being able to see someone in our community um up here and see you guys do what you've done and the content mm-hmm. you've created and you continue to create um from job dramas to the documentaries which y'all gotta go check those out because those are fucking dope as well thank you uh it's all just really dope so just thank you for that that's really cool no problem and, and let wow. me just say this because this is something i needed to hear when i started out it's not that when you see people because i know for me you get a lot of pressure when you see people out there doing things, especially with social media. You know, everyone right. is affected by it. You see your peers and people, you know, and everything that's happening. Like, oh, I'm, I'm at this thing or I'm creating this thing. And it kind of reflects back to you like, damn, I I'm not doing nothing, you know. Right. And right. it could feel like that person has it. They have something that you don't have. And that's not the truth at all. All it is is a decision just to say yes mm. to whatever it is that's coming to you. And you just have to continue, like you said before, having that consistency of saying yes to what that idea or what that creative pursuit is. And that's it. That's literally the only thing separating you from the person that you see out there that's actually, you know, manifested it. And that's it. Right. Dig it. There, Dig it. Thank you for that. There is that. a no lot. There is a lot, and before we even get into the actual technical thread, quote unquote, there is mm. a lot that you guys brought to the forefront. And the one thing that I think I have a question of, and I didn't mention this beforehand, yeah, what made you decide to document Jaden's character going through depression in Love at First Night? Oh, that's a good question. Ooh. Um, so I would say in season one, um, when that story says, the way that I write is kind of like the story comes to me and I just document it and then put it in script form. And Mm -hmm. as I was writing about it, it just, I don't know, it just came up randomly as something to explore with this character because I wanted him to have a struggle that wasn't really talked about specifically with black men and then now talking about black queer men. And so I'm yes. like, Ooh, mental health seems like a good direction to go. Unbeknownst to me, <laughs> that I <laughs> was actually dealing with depression myself at the same damn time. And wow. I just I what I didn't recognize the the basically the symptoms as something I needed to go talk to someone about. I just thought it was just just what it is. Um, mm-hmm. And once season two came around and that's when I started my mental health journey, I was like, okay, I got to dig up more on this story as I learn it, you know what I mean? And just kind of explore it through Jaden because at the time it was so fresh to me, I wasn't ready to talk about it publicly. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. that was like the main reason that came up. It wasn't conscious at first, but eventually it was like, okay, this is something that needs to be talked about. That's dope. That is really dope. Especially considering how much mental health is, even though I feel like in recent days Mm -hmm. um, that mental health is making its way towards the forefront a little bit. But it is at the epicenter of of so many of the issues that we deal with as a community, as queer Mm -hmm. men, as queer people, Mm -hmm. period. since we're talking about our community, the fact that we can have these conversations and actually have it show up in content again, I cannot stress enough how important mm-hmm. it is to have these conversations because, yeah. you know, before being able to see something like that on TV, you almost mm-hmm. feel like you're by yourself. 
Yeah. And so many of us as queer people have had that experience. If it's, you know, um, pre-coming out stories where you felt like you were the only queer person in the world, right. you know, and then mm-hmm. dealing with all of the traumas and stuff that come with that. Um, but not having the language or the knowledge to have the conversa- conversation to express how that feels or what it even is, mm-hmm. is really big. So when you have a platform or something that you enjoy that is recreational to kind of bring that to the forefront and say, hey, it's literally like someone shouting from the mountaintop that you are not alone. Like you yes. went from being isolated to now it's present and you're not the only person that like there's no telling how many people you guys helped with just his storyline, you know, to be able to say, yo, like I've been in this abusive relationship before and I thought I was the only one and I thought that I couldn't get help, but now I know that I can, or I've been depressed for so long and I didn't know how to express it. Now I can Mm -hmm. have this conversation. Like this is why this type of content is so so important so again i know we've just been gassing you this whole like Uh, interview but it's so necessary like we got to give the flowers yo because not everybody's doing it you know we get someone that's doing it and that's doing it well and that's being a champion for our community i just cannot thank you enough so thank you thank you thank you thank you again thank you you so much i appreciate that i'm gonna say one more thing I know y'all gotta move on to the next segment, <laughs> but um, no, I, Go for I, it. I and that's the reason why you know Sean and myself we created Slay TV because it's like we cannot wait for the mainstream to start telling our stories, and it's it's disheartening and also an insult to say or to think that the general population can't relate to our stories because for right. me, as somebody who watches every kind of show. How am I sitting here watching Sex in the City and relating to a white woman who lives on the Upper West Side? How? Because, <laughs> because <laughs> you know, it, we're, it's a human aspect we're relating to. And so you can't mm-hmm. tell me that black queer people can't do the same. So, like, you know what I'm saying? So I, I, that's why it's very important to us to really have that representation because we deserve to see ourselves and we have stories to tell, stories that could potentially help. Like you said, and so that's that's really why for me it's an act of service. It's not necessarily, um, I don't take it lightly. That put it that way, I right. don't take it lightly because it's bigger than, you know, I get to be cool and creative. No, it's it's a it's a mission. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank that's cool. You. Cool. Awesome. So next, we're going to go into a little segment I call Quarantine Questions. Um, Because I think that a lot of us um, within this last month, maybe two, I guess, since this has been going on, the last month has been like very, very, very prevalent. But a lot of us are realizing a lot of shit that just was not, it was laying under the surface and we was ignoring it. And this quarantine has brought out a lot of people that I think they are not dealing with very well <laughs> listen um, listen sidebar they ain't pay us for this but i'm gonna tell y'all right now talk space <laughs> is available yes. use that shit <laughs> because please i promise y'all in a minute a lot of you are going to see a lot of your trauma and a lot of your issues and realize no it is mm. not that person it was you mm. yes mm. absolutely wait a so, minute can you please put yeah. that in a tweet <laughs> we gotta pass that around. Yes, <laughs> for I'll real. For real. It. I will tweet it. Thank you. Yes. My so, um, I'm gonna go from. It's gonna be a mixture of kind of light and heavy questions, and it's only about four, so we won't stay okay. too long. But so, my first question, and I guess we can all answer this one. Um, uh-huh. What are your top five songs that are getting you through isolation? Ugh. Um, I think I'll start it off first before Terry. Okay. <laughs> Go for um, it. Solange is weary. Okay. <laughs> oh, um, shit. Yes. Uh, um, <laughs> you want me to dig a little deep, I see. Um, Go for it. Mm, when I Wake Up by Jill Scott. Okay. Mm. Um... Hmm. Songs that are getting me through quarantine. I have to think about this. Mm-hmm. Janae Aiko's Surrender. Okay. That's yes. three. Um, 
<laughs> I need two more. I have to think about this for a second, mind me. Um, hmm. The last two. Mm, I'm gonna throw. I'm gonna toss it up a bit. DMX is slipping. <laughs> <laughs> That's an interesting uh, choice, right? <laughs> right. The last one. Hmm. I have to shake it up just a bit, and I do mean shake it up. Um, I would say I'm a. I talk about adding this to my auntie's playlist with Marlon. <laughs> um, and I'm gonna say Shalomar's um a night to remember. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so. Carrie, go for it. All right, uh, top five songs getting me through isolation. Um, I'm gonna start off with Miss Dua Lipa, or as Wendy Williams called her, Dula Peep. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Because everybody's been like, oh, you got to listen to it, you got to listen to it. I'm like, all right. But I'm really digging um, Pretty Please by her. Um, Independent artist by the name of V, as in the letter V. He's just put out a song called Heartbeat. Oh, you know about V? Yeah, listen, y'all kind of put him right... This is going back to your work for a second. Okay. Right after I discovered him, you actually Mm -hmm. used him for the soundtrack. Yes, yes. (laughs) I am a whole stan, and he knows it, too. So I can't even find him on social media. How about that? I'll send it to you. Please and thank you. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Another uh, independent artist, a queer artist at that, so check him out. Uh, Big World. By Punk Adam. Okay. Big World by Punk Adam. Now we have Janae Aiko, BS, with her. Great yes. collaboration. Okay. Um, and just for my Caribbean roots, Bustle Wine by Bungie Garland. Yeah, I got Come my on. soca, keep Come myself, on. you know, connected to the culture. Um, yes. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Smiling, okay. what are your five songs? Don't think you exist. <laughs> Listen, I was waiting for it. Um, so, um, Smiling Faces by Norris Barkley. Come on, Diversity! Yes. Yes. Um, Times of Wasting by Erica Badu. Mm. Tricks of my life. Um, mm. Sign of the Times by Prince, because, hello. Ooh. Um, Let Love Rule by Lettucine. Okay. And mm. Saturn Love by an independent group called Brave. You all have to hear that song. Look them up. It's super, super dope. This list is rich. <laughs> it's, it's rich very, with it's so much rich. flavor in it. Um, Listen, the I'm going to need to make a quarantine playlist. Asia. Oh, I got you. I got you. Put it, yes. put it on Apple Please. Music. Just put Please. it on Apple Music. Yes. yes. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> All right, so number two, one thing you've learned about yourself during quarantine. I'm assuming y'all got real quiet. No, I'm 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 gonna take it. I'm gonna take it. Um, Okay. Okay. One thing I learned about myself during quarantine. Um, I'm stronger than I think. That's that that's because i i have terrible terrible anxiety and being here sitting because i mean here's the thing i was already kind of social distancing prior to this so (laughs) i had a little warm-up um yeah after the holidays i just kind of like unplugged and decided like be in my own you know space and everything like that and my goal was that at springtime i would like pop out and do my networking thing and be more social but then this happens. Mm, so, right. <laughs> you know, I really, the way that I'm managing this whole crisis that's happening um, without distracting myself and numbing myself or, you know, putting my head in the sand, it's just kind of showed me like, oh, bitch, you stronger than you think. Like, you're not, you know, and I'm out here being a support to my friends who are actually quite kind of losing it. And, mm-hmm. you know, me looking at that, that I'm still able to nurture myself and other people. It's just like, okay, you want to be good. Right. Yeah. right. Okay. I dig it. You got it. You got it. Mm-hmm. Um, something that I have learned about myself during this quarantine is that I do suffer from a pinch of anxiety. 
Mm. Um, a pinch? Being completely trans- a pinch, like literally. <laughs> um, and I'm being facetious, but yes. So she just jumped out during the time, I'll say that. Mm. <laughs> so I had, um, I had a situation where, because I'm considered technically an essential employee on both my jobs. Uh, uh-huh. um, but fortunately, my full-time job, I've been able to work from home, although I do have the ability to, to be deployed because I work from outside the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, but my second job, I work in a grocery store um, at the liquor store in the back. And I have to go in pretty much every day. So last week, four, three of our employees decided they were not coming in because they didn't want to be exposed to the virus. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. our manager has been sick and possibly tested positive. But I think that he was just sick, but he can't come back until he gets tested mm-hmm. um, and tests negative or whatever. So I think that he did have it. So that's like four people that were out and all of this stuff going on like when with the media and everything like that like like everything is like making you go crazy and even though you feel like you're pressing on and you're really not paying attention to everything Mm -hmm. quote unquote Mm -hmm. it can creep in and it crept in on me because i started having chest pains and i was getting dizzy at work Mm. so it happened for like two days in a row and i was like okay I don't know what's going on. Then my mind started racing. I'm like, well, what if I got it? What's going on? I don't know what's happening. So I ended up going to the emergency room after work one night. Mm-hmm. Um, and I spent the night in the emergency room. It was crazy. Crazy mm-hmm. surreal. Needless to say, I'm fine and there's nothing wrong. But the anxiety of the possibility of everything, right. it just mm-hmm. like really kicked out. So this kind of showed me that, you know, Marlon, you got some stuff stuff that you probably need to address <laughs> because that was kind of scary for me so yeah that's what happened for me that's what i learned about myself during quarantine well, okay. i'm glad you're so, okay yes thank you, uh, thank you I've, so been much. On, I've been there on several occasions trust you mean yeah. more than i'm ever proud to say out loud mm-hmm. i've been there trust it's me. crazy anxiety yes. anxiety when a satan's assistant trust me is just <laughs> Ooh, not real. your plan. It ain't yes. your friend at all. They be, and and they the be lying. That, and the fact, and number one, I'm gonna take about your plan. That the fact that you didn't even tell me, so I could worry. Mm. Uh, and that's why I didn't tell you, so you wouldn't worry. Good friends, thank get, you. So, no, because no, no, <laughs> I no, knew no, you would go. I'm gonna get then, to no, no, no. <laughs> we will argue you about are, it later, Lonnie, like we always do. <laughs> <laughs> Fine, fair, cool. All right, so okay. two more questions. Um, so I'm going to go with this one. What has the presence of the pandemic taught you about the people around you? Okay. Mm. 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 Go on ahead mm. with that one. That is a Anybody can jump in on that one. <laughs> uh, okay. <Scary>. Um, <laughs> I've seen an ar- I've seen an array of different things happening, mostly selfishness. And yes. I'm just like I'm. I'm not shocked. You know, you seen that Jeff pretends to be shocked. That's kind of me. Right. Like I'm just like, you know. Oh, I just. I, that's why I said you need to tweet what you said because people really need to take a good look at themselves. Um, mm-hmm. But another thing that I've seen is on the other end of that spectrum. I have seen a lot of community. I've seen a lot of people, you know, donating or people who are sharing resources and. Helping people out because everyone has their different circumstances, like you being a central worker or someone <clears throat> who, like my friend, who works in the restaurant industry, who now is having a hard time with yeah. unemployment because he can't yeah. get through and the system is old as fuck. I and mean, this is like really confusing to put together. So, you know, I've seen a lot of people doing their part to kind of ease the tension that's going around. So I'm half hopeful and I'm half irritated. Um, by what I'm seeing going <laughs> on with the people. Right. Yes. Yes. Um, for me, it's it's interesting because I've had a similar experience in that um, it's shown me like the people in my circle and the different struggles that we all have. It's like I have one of my dearest friends. His full time, he worked 
uh, works in a restaurant and then he's also an actor so yes. both of his means of income have essentially been shut down completely yeah. um, so it's been hard for me um, because he's back home in Chicago where I'm from and like to kind of see him going through this time and really like feeling hopeless and not being able to really help him and like really doing my best to like send positive energy his way in these hard times and knowing that even though it works just a little bit it's not nearly enough you know what i'm saying to like really help him to get through anything you know and and seeing people being affected in such a way you really don't realize how many things are really going on until they're all taken away from you Mm -hmm. you know so that's been a really tough time which is a really great segue into my last question Um, And I would like for us all to answer this one. And it is, tell me something that you took for granted, but now appreciate and desire more since it's happened. (laughs) Mm, uh, My answer to that is simple. The actual option to be around people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is one I took for granted on several occasions. And with mm-hmm. all this happening, I naturally am an introvert. I've grown this way as I've gotten older. But now that I'm forced to be in the house, it's like, oh my God, especially if you know me, you know I love spring. Like, it's, my fav- it's yes, one of my favorite seasons. Yes. Being in the house internally it's just like oh my god is the weather breaking and i'm right. stuck in a fucking house right <laughs> like somebody said help like this is, especially <laughs> the part that kills me because i just like marlon i work in manhattan when mm. the weather breaks especially in the community one of the one of the things we love to do when the weather breaks is go to the village yes. now that doesn't mean that you go to the pier i mean mm-hmm. you probably hit one of the bars walk around at night just because mm-hmm. you're out now with this going on, you can't because everything is closed. Right. So right. it's like, uh, uh, just the option to be around people and that being taken away from you is just like, okay, this now sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Terry, how I about mean, you? My answer is the same as yours. Just being outside, like, just feeling the energy of people around, going about their day, everyone. You know, like you said, the weather is breaking. But for me, I love spring, but I just struggle with allergies. And so, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? But you kind of have to take that L because that warm sun on your skin and that cool breeze is everything. And it's just like, I do miss that. And I I feel like I've also taken advantage of, I hadn't taken advantage of nature, like going to the park or just being Mm -hmm. around, you know, just peace and serenity in the park or just being by a lake or by the water or something uh, I've been really craving that and so yeah okay um, for me me being the affectionate touchy feely person that I am lord I knew uh, this was coming <laughs> <laughs> I just because like number one the people that I love I am hands on I'm all about the hugs and the kisses and the, the, all of that stuff being up under my people. Mm-hmm. I love, I, love I need all of that. So like <laughs> that is not that I really took it for granted, but it showed me just how much I really needed in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on top of that, even if I am not connected or close to anybody, I'm the person that likes to shake hands. I hug new people that I meet like stuff mm-hmm. like that. And also like this pandemic has brought about this energy where we were already in a space where people were very like individualists very everybody for themselves Mm -hmm. Um, so we were already disconnected in that way Mm -hmm. so now i feel like it's even more heightened because the energy now is that if you have been outside or you've been in any like space where there are other people people are actively avoiding each other yes yes yes. you know so like there's this separatist type of energy in the air and for me it it is oh i can't take it (laughs) yeah yeah it's it's really crazy because even though i like before all this was going on you know just walking down the street and walking by people was good for me like to to have that energy to feel people's energies about the city to go from that to like 
the constant holiday empty eeriness of the streets. You know, mm-hmm. like when it's a holiday and you go outside and you're on your way to work, you're commuting and you can actually get a seat on the train. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and you walk the streets and it's not as many people. So you kind of you enjoy it a little bit, but it still feels crazy to have that mm-hmm. constantly is driving me fucking nuts. It really, really is. So that's that's my thing. It's It's been really hard to deal with that. Mm-hmm. Really, really hard. Yeah. But that's all my quarantine questions, y'all. That's all I got today. <laughs> well, I guess that pretty much wraps up today's episode. Um, thank you. Well, huh, <laughs> it does not. No, it no. doesn't. No. <laughs> Let's stop. No. We're not done. No. <laughs> just, when, just when I thought we were finished. No, we're not. <laughs> there is a closing segment that we have called the mental health tip. Now, Ooh. because you are our guest, it is your turn. We have you go first. What is your mental health tip for the week? My mental health tip for the week? Um, mm-hmm. My mental health tip of the week is to journal. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's different for everybody. I like to do mine first thing in the morning because first thing in the morning is when my thoughts are usually the most uh, erratic. And so I need to get that all down on paper and really sort through it. And, you know, once you get it out of your head, it helps to ground you in the present moment and really move forward with some focus. And so I say journal your thoughts. And no matter how weird or ugly or immature or stupid it sounds, just put it out there and face it. Yes, I love it. My mental health tip is more of a funny one this week. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Go for it. Social distancing means keep your distance. Stay the hell away from me. Stop trying to come up near me when I'm out in public. And if you got a cough, please cover your damn mouth or sneeze because mm-hmm. I promise you, I'm that person that will call you out on it. So yes. please, please stay away from me. Be considerate <laughs> when you are in the supermarket. Okay? Be considerate because oh there's lines everywhere. Be considerate. Yeah. Stay six feet away from me. Mm-hmm. Period. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> my <laughs> mental health tip for the week is kind of a piggyback off of Lonnie in a different direction. And mine <laughs> is to increase your compassion. Mm. Yes. Every cough ain't COVID. Okay? <laughs> Every <laughs> sneeze is not the virus. So mm-hmm. I need people to stop treating people as they are inhuman. Granted, mm. as far as protecting yourself, um, as we would say in the field of HIV and AIDS prevention, treat everybody like they got it, but mm-hmm. protect yourself. Like you don't have to be nasty to people while we're going through this because if this pandemic has not taught this generation anything it should teach you that community is paramount like you cannot exist in this world without each other i don't care how much Mm -hmm. you don't like somebody i don't care how much you're trying to be on your grind and get to your money and all this other stuff that has been like funneled into everybody's minds without other people you cannot continue in this world you can do it but it's gonna be miserable so increase your compassion like we cannot get through this without each other increase your compassion that's my mental health tip i'm here for that i'm here for it with that being said that wraps up this week's episode yes thank you for having me Thank no you problem, Terry. Before we go, can you tell our audience where they can find you on the interwebs? Absolutely. So I am. I can be found at Terry Toro pretty much across all platforms. Um, that's at T E R R Y T O R O. Instagram, Twitter. I guess no. I don't use Facebook. So those just those two. <laughs> um, and uh, also check out my podcast self-care kickback comes out every sunday um yes. that's where i'm at right now since i can't physically film anything i have to have some creative outlet so yes. um yeah check me out come see me and one Dope. more thing before one more thing before we leave 
Give us another season of Love at First Night. Um, I would not be opposed. Listen, I I would love to. I would really love to. Hey, listen, anything's possible. This is true. I love it. We're going to keep Cope alive on that. If not, not, I'm going to say the one question that you, the one thing you hate hearing about. (laughs) No shade. Please, I know that's not you. I know it's Sean, but come on, y'all teased us and didn't went nowhere. Okay, see, Sean claims he wants to do something with the No Shade brand. Probably not the same exact thing we did before, but like an upgraded new, not new version, but like a new generation type thing. You know, so I think it's a cool concept. I'm definitely down for it. He just needs to write it. And um, I keep telling him that, like, okay, we can talk about it till we're blue in the face, but until you put it on paper, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. let's just let's just do it because I'm down. It's one of my favorites. Even me being a part of it, I love that show. Like, it's fucking yes. amazing. So yes. I'm down for the reboot. Yes, yes. yes. So, Sean, yes. if you are listening from my mouth to your ears, make yes. it happen. Ballroom, mm-hmm. the blue up child. We got more time okay. all over the place. Like, we can, y'all can do this. And I'm Not backing fine. it. <laughs> <laughs> with that being said, I'm going to stop harassing you. Thank you so much yes. for being here with us today. Thank just, you. We really Thank appreciate you. it. Can, can I just say, can yeah. I just say, I love it here. I love it. Thank I really you. love it. Like this is y'all podcast is amazing. So thank you, thank you. I love your energy. Thank, thank you so, so much. much. Thank you guys, and we will see you next week. Bye. 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 Bye.